On this podcast, we talk to thought leaders about feminine and masculine energy and how it shows up in our business, our parenting, and especially our relationships. We'll dig deep on any and all topics under the sun. Grab a coffee and buckle up. This is the She's the Owner podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Kara McCarran with the She's the Owner podcast. And um, we're humming along. Looks like things are starting to wake up in the world, which is really exciting. And I have with me Michael Nitty, and he and I connected recently through Facebook. We have a bajillion uh, friends in common, all mostly through the Tony Robbins community. So author, coach, um, you had a spiritual awakening at 32 that I can't wait to hear more about. Okay. So tell us who you are how you came to be in this line of work and coaching, and then we'll just kind of dig in and chat about masculine feminine energy. Oh my, that would be a long conversation. So I'll do my best to abbreviate that. But uh, uh, yeah, so I I grew up as a regular guy and a regular guy means a guy who doesn't even know that he's being disrespectful of the feminine. I'm just a guy. And uh, you know, I was managing like uh, uh, 14 women at the age of 21. And uh, at one point, the HR lady called me down and said, um, hey, you're going to be promoted, but in order to be promoted, you have to replace yourself in that department. I said, good, let's put an ad in the paper. And she goes, well, why don't we just promote one of the ladies? You said there's, they're, they're doing a good job. I go, don't put a woman in charge. <laughs> I said to a woman. <laughs> oops. No oops. No oops. That's just, oh, what, was just what you said. Yep. That's what I said. So, uh, needless to say, but not too long after that, my, um, you know, obviously I wasn't being showing up with my wife at the time, as probably I should have. And so she ran off with my best friend, and I was crushed, obviously. I wanted to kill them both. It was terrible. It was, I was 28 at the time. And uh, by the time we were, I was 29, it had all fallen apart. And um, so I was just a mess. I was suicidal. It was terrible. And... Um, and some guy I work with had just been to a self-help course. And I didn't even know what self-help was. And it was the original S training back in 19. This was in 1979, 80. And, and he said, man, you would love it. It's you need it. It's I promise you. And I'm going, I don't, what am I, what is that anyway? So I told him I wasn't going to go because I often forbid I should admit that I was going. And I snuck out and I went to the, to the, some, the, the introductory seminar, thought it was amazing, didn't really understand what they were saying, but I mean, I got to do it. So I did it. I go to the first weekend and um, it's a two weekend thing back then. And uh, Dr. Jeff was, he left medicine to become a trainer for Werner Earhart. And man, I was intrigued. I, I, the whole weekend I was on the edge of my seat, but I had no clue what they were saying. I just knew it was powerful and important and I needed to know that shit. And I, I couldn't wait to get back for the second weekend and get back with Dr. Jeff. So I show up the next weekend and uh, this lady comes out on stage and they have people who introduce the trainers and all that good stuff. So I figured she was going to do that. And instead she says, hi, I'm Laurel Sheaf and I'm your trainer this weekend. And I went, oh, <laughs> really? This woman is going to teach me about life. I'm thinking these thoughts. And it's like, and I go, where's Dr. Jeff? Oh my God. And she starts talking. And of course, through that filter of my listening, everything she says is not as good as Dr. Jeff. Doesn't make any sense at all. And in retrospect, obviously, she was the genius. It was wonderful. And Dr. Jeff was probably here compared to who she was. But I didn't hear it that way. So anyway, so she starts to add, I wasn't the only one, obviously, because about seven or eight hours in, this guy sitting right next to me got up and he started talking with her and the interaction did not go well. And he got so angry with her that he threw the microphone at her from about 10 feet, 10, 10 rows back. 
And we didn't really throw it at her. It kind of landed on the stage. I don't think he was trying to hit her. He was just aggravated. And I'm going, whoa, yeah, dude. <laughs> so anyway, she calmly picks it up. She walks down the aisle. I was on the aisle. He was next to me. And she hands him the microphone across to me. And I'm going, this is going to be good. Yeah. And the next 20 minutes, she proceeds to tear him into little bitty pieces in the most magical, loving, transformational way. Every word was pearls. Every energy she was. And I started crying. And I realized I was an asshole. <laughs> For the first time in my life, I'm looking at this wow. and I'm thinking about all the women in my life. And I'm going, oh, my God. And so that was the first big shift. So I completely went to work for, for Landmark and became a train, uh, you know, did led the courses and did my first coaching back in 1982 and um, dedicated myself to being the hero for all the women in my life who I had obviously been being somewhat less than that, <laughs> to be polite to myself. So that's, was, that's where it all started. And then a couple of years later is when I was teaching a course in Seattle that um, I was always attending a course in Seattle. I didn't know anybody. I was on a business trip. And, uh, and everybody was, you know, knowing each other. And I never felt left out before. I hadn't felt, I was very conscious at the time. You know, I felt I was. But I was feeling really bad that I wasn't being included with all these people. And like, as if, you know, well, I noticed, I didn't notice at the time, but guess what? I wasn't including myself either. But the right. point is, you know, that everybody was hugging each other. I'm getting there. What am I, chopped liver? I don't understand. And so finally some lady comes up to me. And she goes, are, do, do we know you? Are you new? And I explained everything that I was visiting. And she goes, well, you need a hug. And she gives me this big hug. And, and I went, um, I, it just, the light went off. And I just realized, well, guess what? I didn't give anybody else a hug. Now, it sounds like that's so silly. But to this day, I mean, you know, my book, I wrote 10 years ago, and I've been writing for 20 years that I got out of my consciousness. But the, the very last line of the book is, go first. Because... Mm -hmm. Kind of what I posted today on Facebook, if you'll notice. That is just the theme. So anyway, I was all excited and I felt so magical after that evening that I went back to the hotel I was staying at by the airport in Seattle. And I was so on fire. I I just, I couldn't go to sleep. I, I just had to go give myself to somebody and go first. So I go up to the rooftop bar and I'm walking. I see these two ladies at the edge of the bar. Didn't know them from Adam. And the one was crying, and they were obviously having a deep conversation. I just walked up and intervened. Didn't even introduce myself. I, I think maybe as I was talking, there at first they're looking like, "Who are you?" <laughs> and I just brought an energy of love and consciousness, and and I started talking to them. And within twenty minutes, I had the one lady just absolutely crying over what was possible in life, and the other one was like amazed. We were hugging. It was amazing, and it was like, "Wow!" So now I'm on fire. And now I see another booth over here with six people in it. So I walk over and sit down next to him. I wow. Just, you know, I sit down there. We're going to be like, who are you? I go, I'm your new best friend. And they go, excuse me? <laughs> I go, come on, let's play. And they, they're being so fun. They, you can see a couple of them were like, get out of our booth. I, 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 but I just, next, I promise you, I changed all our lives in 45 minutes. It was, but, but from giving and talking mm. truth, Never, I mean, it was crazy. So now I go up to my hotel room. I don't even remember getting there. It was like six feet off the ground. I just got in my hotel room and I, I, I was in this amazing state. And suddenly some energy pushed me back in the bed. And for the next hour, I was in the ether. I was everywhere, nowhere, in somewhere in the universe. 
and it got, I just got a download. And it was just, you know, spirit just letting me in on the truth. And for the next wow. hour, it was the craziest thing. It was, it was what I'd heard about that people would maybe experience, and it was there. So I just, and that's when it downloaded all the truth about my book, relationship, everything. So that was the awakening moment you were talking about. So, and I immediately started coaching. And it's a trans, it's a very synchronistic story how I came to work for Tony and all that good stuff. And, uh, but I've been coaching for almost 40 years out of that experience. Wow. That's that beautiful. That's that's the short version. I would love to hear the full version someday, um, because I think sometimes people wish that it was like that. It's not like that for everybody. I don't think. Um, good news. Here's the good news. Yeah. Before that happened, I was probably ninety nine point five percent conscious. So it was almost like the icing on the cake. In other words, if that hadn't happened to me. I'm not sure much would be different in my life I, because mm-hmm. I had an ent- intuition that those truths that came to me were true. But I mean, it's such a high level. There were times when, you know, when you're in the zone and it's just flowing out of you, you are in that place. You're in that place. We're all in that place when we're in the zone, when we're in the flow. Okay. Yeah. So it was just that I got to spend an hour there. That's all. Right. I want people to know that because it, it really, I mean, if you, if you walk around with the rest of your life without having one of those experiences, you're fine. Right. Because you bring that forth when you bring forth your truth, your energy, and you're in that intentional state of loving and giving. So, and that's the feminine energy right there you just described all, for us. All feminine. That's I was a big masculine know-it-all, and that feminine was what completed me. So let's talk about that a little bit um, in terms of. So w- one of the things that I've heard a lot from the gentlemen that have been on the show is is their upbringing, right? So you're bred bred and conditioned to think. Uh, vulnerability is weakness. Being nice is a weakness. There's so there's toxic masculinity, and then there's mature. Were yes. you raised in that environment where you found? It doesn't seem like it, but I don't know. I mean, at 32, discovering all that. I mean, you discovered it beforehand, but like, did you? Were you raised in the environment where be a man, no. grab you know all that kind of shit, or was it different? Well, my father was an original Navy SEAL. He was in World War II. And he was very masculine, but he was actually a nice guy. So I wasn't right. raised with that dominant, dominate the female. He was nice to my mother. My mother was probably the stronger one in the relationship. He served her. So I got to see that. Mm-hmm. It was elsewhere in life where I, you know, drove the fast cars, wanted to be with the women and just saw them as, no, I was nice to them. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't a jerk. Right. I just didn't, I just saw them as just women to my man. Right. I, I could go in explain that so um and in that being that way it, there would have been a transfer of probably a lack of respect or something that they were getting from me but they probably i was a nice guy they probably shrugged it off and said well you know no, no big deal I, I don't think i ever really overtly you know did anything bad but it was my attitude that was still there and I, obviously everybody picked up on it so no with the parents no but i didn't you know i, I pretty much my own person growing up that my dad worked all the time i hardly ever saw my mom kind of fed us and that was it. I'm grateful for that. I'm working with some clients right now where the kids are smothered by, you, you can only have your phone for five hours and you got that. I never had any of that. I was very fortunate. So I think I was kind of in a neutral environment and I just picked it up from the culture. You know, when I was 18 right. and 19, I would go out and drive fast cars and shoot guns and do a lot of masculine stuff and, you know, couldn't wait to, uh, you know, be with women and just stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Um, so if you're, what you know, you've been 
coaching for a long time, what do you see rate? I mean, I feel like the, um, in the eighties is sort of when things started to switch for the women where there was a lot of the masculine energy was there. The women were comfortable being in their feminine, but then a lot of abuse happened where the women ended up going way too far this way in the conversation of, I don't need a man. You're not going to treat me like this. I can do my own thing. And so we've lost, I think a lot of our feminine energy thinking that we're protecting ourselves, but really we're showing up like women with penises in our hands. And that's not attractive to anybody. Can you speak to that a bit? Yeah. So 1982 or three, after I got this, I was leading courses for Landmark and one of their trainers, um, well, the several, like I told you about the trainer, the, the female trainer that I got trained, that caused me to, you know, my first sense of like consciousness. But, but there was another one and she, she was, uh, and I was setting up with her and getting ready for the event and she was going to be the trainer. And she you could see she had a bit of a masculine energy, although she's very attractive and she had a, she had a, she had a long dress on. And I, and I said, no problem, darling. I just called her darling. She goes, never call me that again. And I went, whoa, okay. <laughs> but it was like, so, and then I proceeded to watch her do the training and that was 100% masculine. Effective, wonderful. And there was times when she was interacting with people that the love energy flowed out of her, but I promise you it was coming through her masculine um, or she wouldn't have been effective. So, I mean, with the, with the, if it wasn't feminine, but it was coming mm-hmm. through the masculine. And then I started at that point noticing that happening exactly like you were saying. And then, of course, and probably later on in the 90s. And so it really started to go the other direction. Now, obviously, my comment about that is it needs to. It needed to. You know, you cannot go out for you cannot apply for a movie role and be expected to sleep with the director. You can't. You know. Right. But on the other hand, we are sexual beings and many women know exactly what they're doing if we're honest about it. And anything short of a rape, you got to allow for the fact that you know, we have, there's a playfulness that we all have and we do what we do. And I am not at all justifying anything a man does because if there's any disrespect or dishonor or forcing or anything like that, that's totally out of bounds. But that energy was, you know, other than those ladies who are still in charge of their feminine and using it quite effectively. Um, yes, obviously I see that there's many women that have, that are, that are, you know, mostly, you know, embracing their masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that's necessary and important. Yeah, totally. Also, embracing your feminine. Yeah, we have the ability to do both. You use the fat. It's like it's like golf clubs in a bag. You know, at your certain place of the golf course, you use this golf club, <laughs> but you don't hit every single shot with the driver. You know? Right. Or in my case, with nothing and never a, never going on the golf course. I know I should, but it gets me too angry. It puts me too in my, in my masculine. And I want to say too, like when, when obviously men, definitely uh, some men absolutely overuse their power and, and you know, that whole movement. But what you're saying too, is there's the immature feminine too, who does things um, like the, you know, I see it even in women to women, like just catty bullshit kind of behavior and that's still a wounded feminine too. Like it's not, it doesn't go just to the guys. Like women act like total assholes to each other. Enemies more often than not. Remember, first of all, it's very important to notice that as far as the divine feminine goes, don't hear this the wrong way. But in all other animal species, it's the male who attracts the female with his beautiful lion mane. So right. Plain little brown, you know, lion. And, and then, then the big beautiful peacock with his, to the, 
attracts the poor little brown little feminine. But the only species where the feminine does the come hithering is the human species. So women were built to do come hither, come yeah. hither. What's there? That's the, the energy, the come hither energy. And uh, and yet, so we're we're going to a cocktail party. You and a bunch of you know business dressed women in business suits, and it's a beautiful thing. And at the end, there's a reception at the end of the night, and everybody goes to the reception. The women who are just wonderful women, and you know, being how they're being, and the men, and they're in business clothes. And then one guy goes out into the hallway and comes back with this little girl, who's dressed with a little little short skirt on, little cleavage mm-hmm. hanging out. You know, and she comes in. She's not part of the group, and she comes over to his table and. He, and he's buying and they're talking and a couple guys go over there and they buy her drinks. And now there's about 20 guys over there. And, you know, she suddenly drops her cocktail napkin and all the men bump their heads trying to pick it up. Or, and all the women are watching this, right? What yep. are all the women thinking about her? Little skank, what a slut. What, what is she trying to prove? It's awful. And all she's doing is bringing forth the divine feminine. That's it. That's all that is. Now, not the divine feminine, nurturing, caring, all the no, but ones. sensuality, all of that, the come hither. Yeah. Women make other women's come hither wrong. Right. Because they've shut down their come hither because it got them in trouble. It isn't powerful. You're not supposed to. You know, we're not, we're, I'm not here to be a stripper, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's you very don't, true. Don't shut it down. Just don't have it be that, you know, it, it should always be in the background. I think women, when they, in a business deal or anything, not a flirtatious come hither. Uh, I'm a totally amazing lover of light and giver of light. You need to be with me. You need to work with me. You need to allow me into your light to show you and guide you from my divine feminine. So I'm come hithering you so I can do that for you. Right. It's not a manipulation. It's an invitation. It's just showing up as, you know, look, Women have it. I mean, men do a lot of great things, but if there's no women in the room to like, yo, dude, uh-uh, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. I mean, you're gonna, this is the truth. It, women should just run the world. Women should run the world and we should just serve them. That's just I agree. I agree. Yeah. So if you, if you see, do you do coaching with a lot of young, like whippersnappers that are, you know, early twenties, late twenties before they're even 35? Do you, do you see a lot of men like that? Absolutely. Uh, not as many as the, you know, the very successful higher up people that I, that I pretty much coach most of the time, but I coach all the time, very privileged, never nonstop all day long. And so, uh, yes, I've got one right now. I've got, uh, I got a guy right now that is 27, very masculine, works out like crazy. He came to me doing some of this work anyway and relatively conscious for that age. In two months, he's me. He, they're, they're absolutely open to it. They're absolutely told he's drinking this stuff up. Now, in the beginning, he was drinking it up, so we'd give him an edge with the women. Right. <laughs> I'll be this way with them. It's hard to get that out of their head, right? It's like anything you can give me to score. <laughs> I will yep. be conscious for by the way, that's not even bad. It's no, not, they're still awake. That's right. They're still awake just as long as you're, you're, you're there, though, to inspire, empower, allow for, honor, respect, you know, cause them to feel who they truly are and all that good stuff you can bring to the party. We're also sexual beings. And if we end up in bed at the end of the night and celebrate that, how nice is that? But it's not anything other than the truth at that point. So mm-hmm. no, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. And that's one of my passions 
I just don't love working with women and getting them their esteem back up and causing them to see all these beautiful things. I love that. But I'm here to get men turned around. Can't fix the right. planet. Can't get men where they need to be. I said that um, in a, in a re- recent podcast where truly I believe in my heart that a, a healed man, a mature masculine man would never kill anyone, would never put an airplane through a building, would never put a knee on a man's neck. And I, I think the world is collectively, um, and I know you and I are both trained to see positive and be grateful always, absolutely. But the world is crying right now and we need to fix it. And it's, it's these type of conversations where we're having real conversations about young men in, in particular and, and all the way through about opening their hearts. So how would you tell a young man, buddy, you got to get out of your head and in your heart. If they've never heard one or read one book or anything, how might you start that conversation with them? Well, here's one of the great ways to do it. And I do it because I meet them at their masculine. When I first got conscious, I had turned my masculine down because I made it wrong. I Mm. blamed it for me showing up as the asshole jerk. So I wasn't going to be that way anymore. But I didn't realize I had thrown the baby out with the bathwater and I wasn't as masculine. I still had the remnants of what I do and my intelligence and my intellect, and I could run the company and do all these things. And everybody knew me as the nice guy. When I first started working with Tony, I came on the executive team and it was almost all women. And they were strong-willed women, kind of like what you're talking about. And Tony, of course, was very strong. And I showed up as the loving guy. Now, I still had my competencies and I ran this department and that department and traveled the world with Tony and all that good stuff. But I was doing it from a loving place. One day, there was a mistake that happened on some shipment that I was responsible for getting to Singapore, and it screwed up UPW and caused some challenges, and uh, we fixed it, of course. But anyway, I was was telling, during the meeting, we were in an executive meeting, Tony said, you need to fix that immediately. You need to get on the, I said, Tony, I'll get on the phone. I promise you we'll handle it. You know, and that didn't happen very often, but I was like, wow, damn. He looked at me, he goes, no. I don't want you getting on the phone and loving somebody into fixing it. I want you to strap on your freaking balls and fire somebody's ass. <laughs> I went, oh. Oh. <laughs> but I realized that he was, he was, even as much as he appreciated my loving nature, he realized that I, there was a part of me that wasn't getting out there and just kicking ass. And even though he knew right. it was in and I didn't even knew that because I didn't have to. I was ever in it. I, I was always able to get by with just loving everybody to death. Obviously, I brought some masculine to the party, but I had put my put my balls on the shelf. And there was another story I won't share because it just takes too long. And I realized that's what I had done. And so, on a scale of one to ten, I was probably at about a five or a six with my masculine. And because of my nature, my who I was, everything else, it was enough to, to get be effective. But it didn't serve me. And in this other story, at one point, my wife came to me one night. And she goes, I don't know what, who, what's going on with you. But, you know, you're not the same you. Something's going on. And I realized that I had been emasculated by something that had happened in the, in the company. And I was down at this five level. And maybe bringing a six or a seven situationally. And I immediately saw it. When I saw it, I was my own coach at that moment. And I stepped right back into my den. And, and that, from that moment on, and that was probably about 15 years ago, it's just been totally present. And it's like, I'm never less than a 12. Never, wow. never, never. So I don't, this is the secret, this is for men. You don't lower your 12 to be nice and kind and loving and respectful of the woman. You become that from the 12. You yes. never turn down the 12. So even if I got my puppy on my lap and I'm just looking at my wife thinking she's amazing and just being happy with the world and being so loving and kind, I'm still doing it for my power. 
So that's very critical. So that's what I do with men I coach. They, they're, they're thinking they're going to get some, some little pussy guy that's going to tell them that, you know, you got to be nice or you got to be kind or you got to give versus receive. You got to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. And then they feel like they're a mask later. They got to step down in order to be that, or they can't be the strong bravissimo guy that they are. No. I said, no, we're not, we're not changing that at all. In fact, we're going to make it more pure and clean and more real and more respectful. But no, you, you bring that power to the fire. That way you won't be able to run your business. You won't be able to do whatever you do. And so that, I think, is the secret. So, you know, so at, now, unfortunately, in the world, anybody who's flying an airplane into a building and, and doing all this disrespect and thinking it's okay to, you know, have a harem and all these things, they've been culturalized from a young age in those cultures. And most yep. of the cultures on the planet are masculine-driven, you know, masculine-entitled. Uh, we're the men, you're the women. And there's a lot of work to do to make sure that, you know, to, to eventually affect change there. But I have never seen anybody from any culture who's at least got a taste of consciousness or that there's another way of showing up that no matter what their old beliefs were or where they were raised, that we couldn't cause them with a willingness on their part to shift into what you and I are talking about. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially so, when they know they don't have to let go of that masculine part of them. Right. Because, I yeah, I think that is is typically the thought is if I become vulnerable or I become like that, that means I've given my balls up and like no man wants to do, even if they don't even, you know, some don't have them to begin with or haven't for a long time. And then right, we come along a little bit. They have, right. They right. And they're like, I'm not giving that up. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about relationship kind of stuff. Um, I always find it really interesting because strong women show up, we show up in the masculine and then we we're wondering why it, we can't attract another masculine energy type of man. So I know the reason now I didn't always, but I do now. So talk a bit about that for the women that listen. Um, when they think it's, it's, there's no good men in the world. They're wrong. Yes. They are wrong. And they can also turn a decent man into a good man, into the one they want. They really can't. So women have the ability to train a guy to do anything. It's just where they're coming from when they're doing that training and wondering mm -hmm. why it's not working. So that's what you got to do. Now, you want to start with somebody with a little consciousness, I would suspect, like I said today on my Facebook post. But, um, but no, so yes, again, it's that the women do not have to mass sacrifice their masculine. They just got to take it down from the thing that's driving everything. That's all. And they first have to quit. Right. Notice, how I, notice how I had made my masculine wrong? Mm -hmm. well, women have made their feminine wrong. They've yep. made their carpenterists wrong. They've made that because they connected the weakness. They also noticed that in the planet, women who are that way are diminished and demeaned and taken advantage of. So there's a zillion reasons why women have made it wrong. Right. right? If I was growing up, if I was a woman growing up and all that stuff, I'd have made it wrong too. So first you have to be okay with the fact that you made it wrong. Not like, oh, what was I thinking? What's wrong with me? I'm not. But no, you did exactly what you would probably, anybody in your shoes would have done. Okay. You made the masculine wrong. Okay. And at many times in life, he is wrong. Let's just be honest. So, but you don't have to make your own. So you can't make, I'm sorry, you made the feminine wrong, you know, from your masculine and you, and you own your masculine now at a higher level. So it's just being, have fun with it. You know, allow yourself to surrender, allow yourself to dress sexy, allow yourself to give yourself your come hither back. Um, you know, but, but remember, it's not just about, you know, you, there's not a woman out there who couldn't, you know, cause herself to be more physically attractive if she thinks, yeah, but in my masculine, I've now gained 40 pounds, and I don't have this, and, I don't, and frankly, I don't even care. Well, first of all, you really don't care. If you're not interested in a relationship or, or, or redefining your relationship with men, well, we can't make you care. 
Right. If you truly care and you truly want to do it, you can do it quickly. And you start with that going back into your feminine and honoring it, not just bringing it, honoring it. Tell us the difference. It's truly being okay with it, truly knowing that it is the source of love and light on the planet, that it is the divine energy on the planet that will cause us to save ourselves, not the divine masculine. Okay, That'll be the hero in support of that divine feminine, but it is the divine feminine, like I said. You know, women should run the planet. They should do it from a mixture of their divine feminine and divine masculine, not from just their divine feminine. The divine feminine would give rise to the divine masculine, and the divine masculine would probably have to be the thing that goes kick shit, kicks you know, kicks ass, and makes things happen. But never devoid of the divine feminine, which is the love and the light and the the nurturing and the caring and all that good stuff. So, um, and just the energy of consciousness, flow energy that would be necessary to be present in any situation. If you go in and diffuse the situation, you would do it from your divine feminine. Always. When I diffuse the situation, I always come from my divine feminine. Always. And then I step up and meet everybody with whatever divine masculine has to be present. Okay? So, but to start with the divine feminine, you've got to make the connection at the level of your heart. At the level of your heart. You've got to see their heart. Even when they don't see their own heart, you've got to see their heart. So for women, it's just honoring that, surrendering back into it, and then knowing you're not doing it instead of this beautiful masculine you're now taking advantage of and using most as often as you do. You just have to be happy. Have fun with it. And then find somebody who's willing for you to be playful with it with them. Right. You know, because that's the thing. You go out into the world, you're dealing with a bunch of people that have no clue. They know you as masculine, all these other things. And so you got to have a supportive group of people where you can just be that way. And then you'll figure it out. You'll just figure it out. And, um, and if you're married and you're married to a guy that maybe is now weaker than you and you're somehow dominating the relationship and there's a part of that that you like, um, and you maybe thought that maybe he doesn't even have a divine masculine that I can surrender down underneath to and, and then go to that feminine place, you're wrong there. Because you'll get him to step up into his masculine as soon as you go to your divine feminine and then allow him to take the lead. Do you think that... Do you think that's 100% of the time, though? I don't. What do you mean 100%? I think, I think some men are just not, they're, they're not willing to become aware. Oh, you're even absolutely, if. you can't make them. Obviously, I'm talking about oh. a, a relationship where obviously that's. that's okay. Done. Yeah. Oh, no. We don't want to give false formulas. You know, I, I, I'm very lucky that I get to, you know, have it work more often than not because I'm only coaching people who have come to me. Right. <laughs> Right. Not the, at the bar sitting there, you know, spitting on the floor. I, yeah. I don't like think I'd be able to sit with him for half an hour and change his life, but I don't know. <laughs> no, no, Some, no. Sometimes it happens, I think, but very rarely, because you're right. The, they have to come to, to you. They have to come to the community. They have to come to the, come to it. Um, so talk a bit about, we talk a lot about um, how women, if you're in a relationship, how women you know, Tony talks about the three U's, the uh, not feeling like unseen, misunderstood and unsafe. And those are the ways that we tend to, to lean back into our masculine energy. How, how, what are some of the ways that you make your wife? Cause you've been married a long time, I think, right? 30 years. So you know what you're talking about? Together 33. Yeah. Wow. Um, so when you recognize that she might be dipping into that negative or the more wounded masculine energy again, do you, are you saying, oh, I'm, I, she may not be feeling safe right now. I should step up in that area. Or how do you, how do you handle those types of situations if they arise? 
Well, first of all, I can't coach her. I can coach every human being on this planet except my own wife. But I say that with tongue in cheek because obviously I do coach her and it's effective. But, you know, she resists. But she doesn't resist that she already knows and it's just tough. So obviously I just have to step up and to be her hero. And that means every once in a while I'll catch myself being frustrated with her not stepping up or being in her at that wounded place. I know who she already is. She's Tony's top. She's like product salespeople. We, she's been with Tony as long as me. She's on, we both work out of the house. You, you order a product from Tony, she's going to answer the phone okay, at our house. Uh, so it, we, we're just very privileged in that regard that we work in this environment, live in this environment. Yeah, no kidding. You know, Tony was on two nights ago about the whole new thing that's happening and we're sitting right there on Zoom being part of it, you know, and me being in a position with him, it's really cool. But but still though, so she, but right now we have a, we have a little doggy that's, that's 18 who's on her last legs and, you know, and it's not pretty and Julie's a mess another dog that's got another something going on and she's very feminine she's very feminine so she when she's on the phone i feel i hear her masculine come through with respect to owning the client and being serving them but it's still always driven by the feminine but it allows her more often than not to still be in that wounded place not just a wounded masculine just where you know where she was you know raped when she was a certain age where all those things happened and and she you know was not happy with the masculine, all those things, and then her own self. Unfortunately, for every woman who has stepped up into a stronger masculine and said, I'm kicking ass in spite of that, there's still too many women that are, that are still in a wounded place otherwise. Right. Still not able, they don't have a high esteem because of it. And as great as Julie is in most areas, and when she is bringing that, there's times where she surrenders down into that lesser place. And so I have to, at that moment, meet her there and support her in coming out of it by just making sure she's clear that she's protected and I'm here for her and we're a partner in that and that it's okay for her to be where she's at. Even if I say that, she still doesn't think it's okay to be there. So now she's resisting and all those things come into play. So that's just a, a skill set and a way of, but it's, I shouldn't even say skill set. It's just a surrender into the truth energy. I mean, sometimes I say something that didn't work. Okay. Say something else, you know, but mostly it's how I have to show up for her. And, um, and then she eventually gets it and we're fine. But uh, I hope that answered your question. Maybe I can yeah, it it does. It, it it's it, like when when we get to that level, and I think that's part of the frustration to um, for some women, or many women, I would say, is that the man wants to fix it, like whatever the thing is, they oh, yeah. want to fix it, and we don't. Most of the time, we don't want you to fix it. We want you to just hold space, right, and just sit there with us. And like you said, you'll sit there, you'll get down to kind of where she's at and pull her up with you. And that's way more effective than trying to yank us out. Because yanking well, yeah, us out. Yeah, I always leave it. Well, I must admit that there's times where I go to, you know, she just, whatever, we're gonna, I want to go in and yank her out. I, I still yeah. have all instincts. And I want to be her hero. But my way of being a hero would be yank her out. But then I realized, wait a minute, if I'm going to be the hero, I got to be here while she's coming out and I'm just loving her and allowing her to be and whatever. Sometimes not even talking because I talk a lot. So. You know, it's like that, but it's still, it's still very much just for the man to be the hero. So even if the man, even if the women were running the world like it should be, and even if we were here to be, we would still be the hero. We'd still be the hero. We'd still be the hero. The hero doesn't mean we have to dominate and control and be in charge of everything. And like the woman would decide what needs to get done. And then we go be her hero and go do it. Mm-hmm. You know? too many men that looks like it's 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 diminished it's, it's right. something lesser it's something the woman's now in charge who said that was a problem <laughs> right right yeah 
I got a client a right great now point. A problem with the relationship and he doesn't see, I'm talking to the, the wife and she keeps telling me all he does is he, he, he's, he'll tell me, even he doesn't even hear himself thinking, talking. He will tell me, yeah, but I, she needs to do this thing. She's my secretary. She, she works for me in the business and she has to get this stuff done and she doesn't get it done. She's doing something else and she has to get it done. And, you know, and he's, he doesn't realize he's saying, he's basically saying, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah. He doesn't even hear that. He thinks he's, well, I am. She has to get it done. And, but he does this all the time. He's always talking like he's the boss and she's not. Right. And I can't get him to see that's what he's doing because he still doesn't draw the distinction that, but I really do need to get it done. How do I say it? I, I said it nicely. I'm not screaming. But after a while, it's like, but he's the same thing with his son. All his son hears is, I'm the boss. You're not. Right. I'm in charge. You're not. I'm smarter than you. I'm this. I'm that. And then he has all the proof for it. He's the guy that makes the money. And he's one of those relationships. Mm. You, you have to understand that when you open your mouth, it's just, it's like, it's the same thing with black, white, you know, you know, so many, so many white people think they're not prejudiced and they don't say, I don't have white privilege. You have white privilege just by being white. Period. End <laughs> period. of story. Period. You have masculine dominant of the feminine just because that's who you are. So you yep. got to own that. You have to own that. You have to own it. Yep. And then you have to speak extra carefully. Oh, heaven forbid I should have to speak extra. That's giving something up. No, it's being conscious. It's being respectful of what you're speaking into. Okay? Yeah. Giving them, granting them the, who they are. Yeah. You know, lowering that energy, knowing yourself as equal to them. You know, that, that they don't have to do what you're saying they should do. All that stuff. And all of that is like ego and, and letting all of that shit go. And I say like with, when I work with my coach... I have post-it notes all over my house where I'm stopping and saying, is this ego talking right now or is it your heart talking? And I think it's like a muscle, like Tony says, right? You have to build the muscle. And now I can pretty quickly figure out when it's ego. And sometimes I friggin' know it's ego and I will still go on. I will still poke at the bear because <laughs> it's like in there and it doesn't want to stop. But one of the best ways I find is breathing, right? Like take, take some deep damn breaths and chill. Step one is to recognize that the thing you can just play, snap your fingers and shift immediately is probably, you know, too early of a thinking until you do. I mean, there, right. believe me, I promise you, you can do it. I, in life, I'm, I do. I snap my fingers and I'm back into that state. It's just the truth. But there are times where it's not. It may take me 10, 15 seconds. And if something really happened that really is annoying, it may take me a couple of minutes. But I built such a muscle, and anybody can, anybody can. It's also easy. I also do it all day long. So let's, right. I'm not, you know, so you know, if you've drawn, anybody came into my position and had to do this all the time, get it every five minutes, and blah, 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 you build the muscle faster, perhaps. But don't let that, you know, detract you from knowing that you have the ability to build the muscle and, all the, and, and just be it. So I don't even want to say it's building a muscle, because then it looks like the repetition is why you do it. No, you do it because you say so. Mm -hmm. intentionality is something you bring to the party no matter in a heartbeat because you say so and, and then, yeah maybe you do it a little bit easier and quicker if you've done it for five years versus five minutes but i don't like people to think that well i'm five years away from being maybe really conscious. right no, you just bring it it's just being conscious it's not it's just being conscious and so and so you catch it you catch it and then you don't do it right away <laughs> Sometimes, I'm, I, but it's it's more of the time, right? Like, and that's it. It is it because I believe it is a practice, like meditation. I I I'm much better at meditation than I've ever been. I can get 
you know, Master Ko is he's got some really good little tricks, the tongue on the roof of the mouth that helps me get deeper into my meditation. But I think you're right. It's not like, and, and here's the thing to ladies and gentlemen, it's I like, mean to suggest, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to suggest that, that it doesn't take some time. I, I think I yeah. imply that you should just be able to snap your fingers. Oh no. It's like anything else. You meditate, you practice. And it does. I, what I meant to say, it doesn't take 20 years. It right. Should, it won't take you long at all once you dedicate yourself. And I'm sorry. So go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and well, that's it. It's, it, it is a practice. It is, um, People think that it's you're you're there's a place to get to, there isn't. It's all ongoing forever and ever. Like today, you're going to learn something new. Today, I'm going to learn something new. Absolutely. And it's embracing, and that's I think that's the flow. And I think you know, I mean, we're all of us. Like I'm I'm crewing again in December. I'm going to be with all my crew family. I'm so excited. So cool. That is that that when we're all together. And correct me if I'm wrong, but when we are all together, our community the flow comes very naturally. It's easy. So that's the, that's what I look at. And I think, okay, well, if we can get our little family, our Tony Robbins family, and then we can just start to spread it out and spread it out and spread it out. But it all comes back to flow and being in your heart. And it's a gorgeous place to live. It's not easy sometimes, like I said, but it's a gorgeous place to live more of the time than not. And it is is easier when you're in that group setting. That's one of the biggest things yeah. missing with Corona, having, you know, robbed us of the events and the script and the, and the, and the, that's what the whole purpose of crew was in the beginning. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't just to help out. Believe me, we could help have somebody that could, you know, direct people through the door <laughs> and all that kind of good stuff. And there's some pretty big jobs too, that people are doing that are amazing, but no, it's to create that energy. It's to allow that to be in the space because the new people that come in aren't in that energy the first day they walk through the door. no, so, they're, they're like, what the fuck did I just sign up for? Thinking, I'm going to sit in the back of the room. I'm not going up to that big guy up there. So that is one of the reasons for crew. That is what it is. We could find other people again to, you know, direct people down the hall, or we don't even need to sign up. So it is. That's what it's about. So yes, and that's but that's what's cool about life too. So that's why it is important to find your tribe. To if you don't, if you can't find the environment, create one. Start right. a podcast like you have. Do what you need to do. I honor you completely for what you put together in a small amount of time. Thank Your you. Obvious dedication and commitment to it. And although that is driven by a masculine energy, which you admit to, I see your feminine so clear. So clear. Thank you. That means that really, really means a lot because I've worked hard at finding her. I think maybe for the first time okay. ever. So right. it feels She's good, right but it right feels now. good. She's right there. That smile. <laughs> right there. Right so, million dollar question: how How do you make a marriage last thirty something years? In like, give me two sentences or three sentences. Uh, well, I just tie her up and put her in the closet. I'll let her I need her. Fifty <laughs> Shades of Grey, <laughs> Vegas style. Oh, there you go. Um, she's always right. Okay. After I go to be right first, after I go to be right first, intuitively, I just stop, and then she's right. So. So first of all, guess what we watch every night? Housewives, Married at First Sight. I don't even know if I like television shows because I'm not allowed to watch them. <laughs> and I'm telling this guy the other day about this shit. You've got to be kidding me. I don't watch that shit. I go, well, perhaps that's the problem. You're watching what you want to watch. Right. Well, don't you get to watch what you want to watch? Uh, or at least I'll go in the other room. Oh, that's good. So she gets to watch it by herself. Her hero's in the other room doing what he right. does. Yeah, that, how's that working for you? <laughs> But I don't like those shows. Learn to like them. Right. Learn to like them. 
You know, it's like, if nothing else, look, that's life going on there. Because you watch the housewives and you'd be like, man, I need to coach them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I have coached some of them and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So, but yeah, it's, uh, so that's what we do. Uh, where does she want to go? We go. Uh, if you look at my life plan, it says shopping fixes everything. So there you go. So, you know, I just sit here all day long and I'm coaching and PayPal comes up. You just made a purchase with PayPal. Really? I wonder what <laughs> did I? What did I, I thought I was working. I bought something else. What did I buy, honey? Oh, the most beautiful outfit. On... Oh, good. All right. <laughs> we'll build another closet. Yeah. <laughs> that's just my story. But it's still, I don't care if she just, you know, bought new gym equipment or she whatever. Now, obviously, she's very respectful. She's, she buys everything on sale. <laughs> she saves me thousands of dollars. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So. Yeah, she spent eight thousand to sell me to save me those thousands of dollars. But just, yeah. so, but again, it's it, that's what it is. It's, so it's just about you know, she's right. It's um, whatever she wants, um, but not, not from a place of just letting her. I right. mean, honoring it. You know, just you know. And then of course, I just I just worship her. I just mm. it's just like I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I, yeah. I I could go down the list, but I allow myself to be present to that. You know, and I. I allow myself, I watch her on the phone with her clients and I just allow myself to be inspired and moved. And of course, every once in a while she'll say something, oh, you shouldn't have said that. And then, um, but I, I don't point that out until maybe right. it's some other point or a time when she's doing great. And then when she's doing great, I'll say, you know, I heard you the other day and you just, you just did what you did there. That was phenomenal. You know, you didn't do that the other day. Mm. And now she's willing to hear that because I just told her how great she was doing. And I go, she goes, when? Now she's a little annoyed. She goes, when did I do that? Is when so and so, and you kind of, oh, he went on for an hour. I was a little annoyed. I, I know, I know, I know. So, not a big deal. She, but, but you know what? The next time I heard her with a similar guy, she didn't do it. She didn't do it. Yeah. She didn't do it. But so, so I can still coach her at times, but it's, but it's mostly that. And that's, right. so, you know, gotta put them on a pedestal. You just got there, you know, just allow them to be them. You got to remember that if they're not being great and wonderful or powerful, or if they are being bitchy or whatever they're being, it's because of something you know, that's going on with them and maybe from the past and they're reactivated, whatever it might be, which means you're now blinded to their magnificent, feminine, beautiful, wonderful way of showing up that you're not seeing when you're just no, being with their annoyed self or whatever it's doing, or they're mad at you. And then you react and you're mad back. You always mm -hmm. have to look and see the woman's brilliance, feminine, amazingness, her leadership, or whatever. You got to just see the truth no matter what's coming out of her mouth. So I'm very privileged to work with the leading expert on hormone replacement in the, in the world. And uh, she sends me, she sent me the Princess of Greece. She sent, she got me on the television show Extra. I coached the, the, the executive producer of the show Extra down here in the States. I, I, all these people I had because of Dr. Erica Schwartz. But I've learned so much from her with respect to hormones and how they work. And so I coach a lot of my women into somehow doing what you know they do with their hormones because Hormones make a big difference. Oh, preach. <laughs> well, most men have no clue. So I, I have to know. teach all men, I have to teach all my men about hormones. You know, I got to, you know, it's like, so maybe she's that way for this reason or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then there's empathy that you have to bring forth and compassion. How about just empathy and compassion for being a woman? Yeah. You know, I leave the gym at night. You know, it's dark. I stayed a little bit too late. Oh, well, I get out of my car. I get in and drive away. If a woman leaves the gym and it's dark, she didn't mean to stay that long, and her car is 50 yards away, you know, 
There's a little trepidation. She's looking around. Yeah. She's looking around. And when she gets to the car, what's the first thing she does? I ask my client, my male client. She goes, uh, gets in the car. I go, no, she looks in the back seat. What's she looking for? The rapist. Yeah. And you, <laughs> you walk with keys in your hand. You walk with keys in your hand. I learned all those tricks when I was probably 10 years old. I said, so guys, so it's late at night. You need some money for tomorrow. You go to the ATM. Yep, that's what I do. What does a woman do? It's still tomorrow. So, so I, I have to get men to see this, the, the blindness that they have to not understanding and having empathy and compassion and ownership for having been part of the assholes that caused that. Right. You know, if there's one thing that I would love for all young, all men to hear, one of many, I have so many, but one thing would be for them to never, ever say, oh, she's PMSing, she's being a bitch. Like that one phrase from the beginning, because we hear even in grade school, right? Oh, don't oh, talk to her. She's most of this stuff has started in grade school. Oh, I know. And I just did a tip sheet. It's called the Feminine Divine Cycle Chart. So that in, it breaks in four weeks where you're at. And the biggest thing I was having trouble with, why wouldn't I hustle like Michael would hustle all for the whole 30 days? Why couldn't I keep that level of energy up? And I started to track it. There's lots of tracking tools. And so now when I'm PMSing, I don't push as hard as you'll push because I'm freaking tired. I'm going to yeah, chill. There you go. There you go. And I honor that. Now, and that's part of like honoring the feminine divine. It's not like, why can't I like a man? It's like, I'm not because I'm not a man. Hey, man. And you're lucky you're not. But yeah, those men have to understand that. Believe me. And it would yeah. be nice if you called it PMS, but we don't call it PMS. We no. Call it being on the rag. So yep. it back <laughs> says, you know, it's icky and you're broken and be, don't come near me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. But that's so it is. So that you can see what I have to do with all these men. But it's yeah. a privilege because I come from having been one of them. Right. Right. Well, thank God for men like you teaching all the others because we need, we need to clone you times a thousand just for this week coming up. You know, I mean, there's a lot of work to do. Um, so if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how would they find you? Well, mostly it's from Facebook. Facebook? You know, okay. The name of my practice is intentionquest.com, intentionquest, intentionquest. But it's, I, I get nothing but spam and all that kind of good stuff with all the visitors that come to the website. So I hardly even can stick through it. So, but just find me on Facebook because I post something transformational every single day mm-hmm. of my own creation. And so I give that stuff away for free. It's all going to be part of it, my second book that's coming up. But find me on Facebook and just, uh, if, it, if it speaks to you, it does, comment, whatever, I, I respond. And, uh, um, you know, so and if anybody ever wants to be coached, they find me there. So, yeah. Um, Amazing. Well, thank you. I mean, this was delightful. And uh, I knew it was going to be a high energy hour. <laughs> and I thank you. I sincerely I really appreciate you. I know you're very busy. And I really appreciate you coming on and, and helping to educate people because I think this is one of the most important conversations we're having right now. It's just wonderful stuff. Thank you for what you do and having me. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. All right. We'll talk to you soon and uh, have an amazing rest of your week and uh, take care. Bye.